Hello, and welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we will be previewing the upcoming weekend series for the LSU baseball team as they take on the visiting Missouri Tigers. What will be the keys to the weekend? We'll also find out who's on the get right, stay right list. And then finally, my series predictions. So thank you for tuning in. If you are listening in on audio for the first time, the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. If you're viewing this on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod YouTube channel, please make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, comment, and hit that notifications bell. On Twitter, you can follow me at 60FT6INLSUPod. Make sure to follow the account, set your notifications, and interact with me on Twitter. I want to thank everybody for the likes, the retweets, and the comments and support. It has been greatly appreciated. So big shout out to everyone for all of that support. And let's not waste any time. Let's get into the Missouri Tigers. So if you do not know, the weekend series is it's another Thursday, Friday, Saturday here at Alec Box Stadium. LSU comes into the series at 24-12, and 7-8 and eight in SEC play. And as many of y'all probably know, they beat UL 8-4 to four on Tuesday. Missouri comes in at 22-12 and 5-10 and and in SEC play, so last in the SEC East. And they won Tuesday at home versus Missouri State. Missouri so far, just to kind of recap their SEC series, they started off the year with Vanderbilt and they got swept. They lost two out of three to Arkansas. They then took two out of three versus South Carolina. They got swept at Tennessee. And then last weekend, they took two out of three at home versus Kentucky. And that will leave them at 5-10. and 10. So as we always do, a couple of series notes between LSU and Missouri. LSU leads the overall series 4-1. to one, And LSU has swept the first three series they played against the Tigers. Missouri is 0-6 in SEC road games this year. So that bodes well for our Tigers. And they are 3-13 in their last 16 conference road series. LSU is 1-6 in its last seven home SEC series. And to me, that is a big wow. I had no idea that they had been struggling so much at home recently. And this was after they went 13-2 in their SEC series at home from 2017 to 2019. So in my opinion, um, this weekend, that's got to change. And I think Missouri's just the uh, team that we want coming in town to make that happen. Let's look at some stats comparison. And just to remind everybody, and if, and if this is your first time checking, in, uh, checking us out here at 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod, um, I don't have any inside information. I don't talk to any of the coaches. I don't have anybody feeding me the scouting report or data or analytics. You know, I watch some highlights. I do a thorough review of their stats, try to figure out how I would attack this team, look at their box scores, just to try to get a feel for them, and that's just kind of how I break down Missouri, and then just give you my opinion at the end. So I'm a fan, um, just like all of y'all right now, so... In terms of their stats, uh, first, in terms of overall games, so LSU is still doing well in terms of overall games. They're hitting third in the conference at 295, and Missouri is seventh at 290. LSU is fifth in the conference in home runs with 57, and Mizzou is actually tied for last with South Carolina at 34, so they do not run a lot of balls at the yard. Missouri hitters, they do not walk a lot either. They're second to last in the conference in walks, but last when it comes to striking out. So bottom line with that is they look to put the ball in play. They're not going to take a walk, and they don't punch out very much. They're going to put the ball in play, and they do it um, very often. 
Mizzou is also tied for second in the SEC in stolen bases at 48. And as you know, you may have heard me before, I've harped on this, but LSU is tied for last in the conference in stolen bases at 12. And I just think up to this point, that's just what this team's going to do. I think Coach Johnson's committed to letting them hit. You don't see anybody taking off. Maybe some people on the team have the green light, but I don't even know if those guys are really taking advantage of it. So this team's just not going to run, unfortunately. I'd love to see them put some pressure on the defense, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Pitching, um, in terms of overall game stats, Mizzou's pitching staff strikes out the least amount of batters in the SEC, and they're actually so far behind. They're 100 less strikeouts than the 13th team in the SEC. So they're way back there in terms of punching opposing hitters out. LSU is ninth, in case you're wondering. And Mizzou has allowed the third most home runs in the SEC at 43. And LSU uh, has allowed the fifth least. So they've done a good job of keeping the ball in the yard. In terms of fielding, <laughs> LSU bugaboo, right? They're still worse in fielding percentage, and they have the most errors in the conference. But Mizzou has actually uh, turned the most double plays, which is an interesting fact. Mizzou allows the most pass balls, so we're going to be looking out for that whenever somebody um, LSU gets a man on second or third. Hopefully we can take advantage of that, um, those catchers this weekend. Now that was overall games. I'd li- not, I, now that we we're 15 games into the SEC series, so right at the halfway point, we've got 15 more left. I think it's a good time to look at the SEC stats. So these are really some interesting things in terms of Mizzou and what they've been able to do in conference. And as you can imagine, LSU's stats drop a decent amount when you look at conference games only. So in terms of hitting, LSU drops to eighth in the conference and batting average at 259. Mizzou comes in at 12th at 250. When you look at home runs in the conference, Mizzou does have a player by the name of Luke Mann, their third baseman. And he has hit seven home runs for Missouri in conference. So Definitely somebody to highlight, circle, if you're Jason Kelly and Coach Jay Johnson on that scouting report. So in SEC games, one thing that you can that I noticed about Missouri is, one, they don't score a lot. They don't hit a lot of home runs. They don't drive in a ton of runs. They had the least amount of walks as a team and the second most strikeouts in conference. Now, this is from their hitters. So they don't walk. They strike out a lot. Not a lot of hits. Don't hit a lot of home runs. And you're probably thinking to yourself, great, like why should we even be worried? They sound absolutely horrible. And they're not great. Obviously, they're last in the SEC East for a reason. But I do think there's some cause for concern. I'm going to get in that to a second. A little tease right there. When you look at other SEC games, LSU is still worse in the conference when you look at batting average versus left-handed pitching. And it went down after this Arkansas weekend. Um LSU's hitting at a 192 clip versus left-handed pitching, so not a good sign. Missouri, now this is SEC games only. Missouri is the best in the conference with runners on base. They hit 327, and they lead the league in hitting with bases loaded at 455. Missouri leads the conference in hitting with runners in scoring position at 318. And with runners on third with less than two outs, they hit at a 767 clip. So here's my point when it comes to Missouri and hitting. Although they strike out a lot and they don't walk a lot and they don't hit a lot of home runs, when they do get runners on base, they score and they are very aggressive, which is evident. If you're not going to walk a lot, you're not going to strike out a lot, hit home runs, you're putting the ball in place somehow. 
So they're going to stay aggressive at the plate. They're going to get guys in when they're in scoring position. That's evident. But they're going to put a lot of pressure on this LSU defense. And that may make some of y'all cringe, and that's going to make me worry a little bit. But it seems like LSU has cleaned it up a little bit the last couple weekends, and we hope that trend continues. But Mizzou's going to put the ball in play, and it's going to be up to the LSU infielders and outfielders to make the play. Another thing, they are very capable of stealing bases, and I look for them to be aggressive throughout the weekend. At least I would. They have Everybody in their lineup has at least three stolen bases, and I think LSU has 12 on the year. So I would imagine they're going to test McManus and Travinsky behind the plate. Pitching in SEC games, it's not great. Mizzou's team ERA and SEC play is a 6.84, which is the third worst, actually. imagine. I mean, they have a couple teams that are worse than them. LSU's is actually the third best. So LSU's done a good job on the mound in conference play. The Missouri Tigers, their pitchers are second to last as far as strikeouts go of, oppo- of opposing batters at 124. They're actually tied with LSU, which did surprise me, through 15 games. So as good as LSU's pitchers have been in terms of not allowing um, runs to score with a, a low ERA. They're not striking out a lot of people. So they're letting the defense make plays. And the majority of the time they're making them, those errors just come at inopportune times. The Missouri Tigers pitching staff has allowed the third most walks in conference play. They're fourth in wild pitches tied with LSU. They do give up a lot of home runs as a pitching staff. They're top four in the conference in that stat, which isn't a great sign if you're the Missouri Tigers pitching coach. Knowing you're going to have to come into Alex Box, or you're going to have to face Morgan, Doty, Cruz, Barry, and we hope some other hitters start to get on track again. Joe Bear, Thompson hit a bomb on Tuesday night against UL. So we hope some of those guys maybe start to turn the corner. But that's a good sign if you're Coach Jay Johnson, knowing that their pitchers really aren't great. And I don't know what their stuff looks like, but if you look at their stats, they just they get hit pretty hard. Now, just a couple of individual hitters and pitchers to look out for. As we mentioned, the Missouri hitters are very aggressive. They strike out a lot. They don't really look to walk. But they do score runs in bunches, and more on that in a second. But as we mentioned, all their guys have stolen bases on the year. So here are some of the key guys. Their first baseman, Torin Montgomery, has a 351 average that leads the team. Josh Day, who looks to be their most complete hitter, I believe he plays shortstop for them. He hits at a 331 clip with six home runs, and he's seven for nine on stolen bases. So if you look at average power and if he can run, he's probably their most complete player. Another guy that's been tearing it up in conference play is their DH. His name is Fox, L-E-U-M, Leum or Lum. They don't have a little pronunciation thing on their website, so uh, that was a little frustrating. But he's been on a tear in conference play. He's hitting 387 in conference, and he has three home runs in SEC play. Uh, we mentioned earlier their big power guy is Luke Mann, the third baseman with seven home runs in SEC play. But he's only hitting 185 in conference, so he's pretty much all or nothing. And on the year, he's hitting 244. So I guess he's a modern-day Major League Baseball player, right? He's not getting on base, but he's going to hit some bombs. So something to note if he gets up with runners on, score, uh, runners on base. And then finally, their stolen base guy is Ross Lovick, or Lovich. L-O-V-I-C-H. He's their right fielder. He's 11 of 12 for stolen bases on the year. But once again, he's not hitting great either. In conference, he's hitting below the Mendoza line at 158. So interesting side note, Mario Mendoza was my manager at one point. 
So I think that was, um, everybody knew who he was. We just all kept that to ourselves. So he was a great guy. But if you don't know about the Mendoza line, just go Google it. There you go. So they have some guys really struggling in conference play. And um, the top of their lineup is pretty good, though. You know, several guys hitting over 300. In terms of their pitchers, like I said, nothing really jumps off the page. What I think and their, who, who they've been throwing on um, SEC weekend. So on Thursday, we're going to see, we should see um, right-handed pitcher Spencer Miles. He comes in with a 6.3 ERA, and it just balloons, if you could believe that, to 8.77 in conference play. So not great. And he does have a 313 batting average against for the year. So if LSU can get on Spencer Miles early and get in that pin, that bodes well because obviously he's uh, been giving up plenty of runs, especially in conference play. He's been getting hit pretty hard. On Friday, they have a freshman, Tony Newbeck. He is their left-handed pitcher in the starting rotation. He has a 4.46 ERA, 5.11 ERA in conference play, and he did throw well last weekend versus Kentucky. When you look at his stats, he does have more strikeouts than innings pitched, and he has a 205 batting average against for the year. So he's a freshman. He's a bigger kid. It'll be interesting to see if that number we mentioned earlier with LSU being last in the conference in batting average versus left-handed pitchers, if they are able to solve him early and continue to get in that Missouri bullpen. I mean, if you think LSU had trouble solving the Auburn Friday night starter who was left-handed early, they had trouble obviously last weekend against Hagen Smith, the freshman from Arkansas. I believe he got freshman SEC player of the week for his performance against LSU. And the other thing that doesn't bode well is Missouri has three left-handed relievers they like to use in the bullpen as well. But real quick, lastly, their last starter who LSU should see on Saturday, they have a right-handed pitcher. His name is Austin Morozas. He has a 6.11 ERA on the year, and an SEC play it's right about the same. Comes in at 6.75 ERA. And he has a 356 batting average against in conference play. So, that I mean, that, that that's really high. So, obviously, he's getting hit pretty hard. And, um... Just another thing that LSU hitters should be licking their chops about. You know, they're not going to see Nolan, Smith, Wiggins like they did last week at Arkansas. They're not going to see Tiger coming out to pin. They're not going to see Big Zeb Vermillion. They're not going to see Burkhalter who leads the conference and saves. This is a good chance in a home series to kind of start turning things around in the second half and really make some hay right here. In terms of their bullpen, bullpen, excuse me, very briefly. They have four to five main guys. They have the three lefties, like I mentioned. Those guys are Wall, Loesch, and Landry. And Landry really looks to be the guy with the most swing and miss stuff out of the pen. So far, he has 32 and a third innings pitched with 41 Ks on the year. So he does start a little bit. And um, those are some really good numbers. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, LSU is going to have several lefties in the lineup. And when they go to that pen, if they go to those lefties, try to turn Barry around and um, handle the heart of the LSU lineup. Their closer seems to be Austin Cheely. He does have four saves on the year. He's a big guy, 6'8", 250. Sounds like a tight end. And they do have another right-handed pitcher. His name is Carter Rustad, who's been throwing very well in SEC play with a low 2 ERA and a 208 batting average against. So just some names to keep a lookout for in terms of the Missouri bullpen. Some of their hitters. That have played a key role in their success this year. And um, give you a little insight into that team. Let's move on to the get right, stay right list. Okay. 
So I try to switch it up every week. I don't want to have the same guys on the list, either on the get right side or the stay right side. So I try to pick somebody different. And the first one may be a bit of a surprise. So the first person I have on the get right list is Trey Morgan. And you may think I'm crazy. It may surprise you as an odd selection, but I think he's due for a huge weekend. We really haven't seen that weekend of Trey Morgan going eight for 13 with two or three doubles. He feels like he's on base all the time. He's had some tough luck, hit some balls hard at people, and he did have a home run on Tuesday as well, which is good. And I just think this is the weekend for him to really catch fire at home against a pitching staff that's not great. And um, I just I just want to see him turn it around. But listen to these stats. When I dug a little deeper on the stats, he has not been right. So that's why I put him on the list. But for his last seven games, so I looked at the three against Mississippi State, the three against Arkansas, and then the yeah UL game last night because the Lamar game got canceled. He's seven for 30, which is hitting, which is 233. And that really surprised me. You know, when I went through, obviously he hits leadoff, so he gets the most at bats on the team. There's a lot of one for four, one for fives in there. And I think for, you know, he's hit leadoff, he's hit fourth, he's hit fifth. And I would imagine against the righties, Coach Johnson will put him at leadoff. But maybe on Saturday uh, against the left-handed starter, Newbeck, he may drop him down to that four or five hole. I I don't know what he's going to do now that Pearson's playing every day, another lefty in the lineup, so... We'll have to see what Coach Johnson does. But last seven games, Trey Morgan's hitting seven for 30. So we're looking for Trey to get right. The other people have been on this list, but they really need to get right. So uh, we got to help these guys out here. I put Thompson and Joe Bear back on the list again. So they have both really been struggling the last couple weekends. And I, I mean, if you've heard the podcast, you've heard me mention it. But um, Joe Bear, I mean, excuse me, Thompson did have a home run on Tuesday versus UL. Hopefully that's a sign of good things to come. So when you look at Thompson's last seven games, he's four for 25, and he's hitting 160. Now, he does have a couple home runs because this goes back to the Mississippi State weekend, and he had one Tuesday. But the thing with Thompson, if y'all's noticed the shift, I mean, he is dead pull. They're putting three infielders on the left-hand side, and they're really just daring him to hit the ball on the right side. And um, I can't remember the last ball he's hit through the four-hole or just inside out of the ball. I'm not to say I'm sure he's trying, and I'm sure that preaching that to him. But he's just dead pull right now in his career. So JT, the last seven games, four out of 25 for a 160 batting average. So we're looking for Jordan Thompson to get right this weekend versus Missouri. And in terms of Joe Bear, I mean, we all know he's been struggling. He was, he's been on the list. And he was on fire earlier in the year. But this is really his first slump at LSU, facing some really good pitching. Another thing to remember is that, you know, all these conference teams have books on all these guys, meaning they all have scouting reports. They all have analytics. They talk to other teams about how to pitch these guys. Every game is on TV now. So I'm sure they have analysts back there looking at swings, looking at how they swing and miss. That's how they know how to shift everybody. So Joe Bear's really got to adjust. And you saw him last week. It seemed like he was pressing. And then he had that weird strikeout call when he took too long out of the box. And as a hitter or a pitcher, you really don't want to be thinking a lot when you're out there. You just want to react. You know, you don't want him getting in the box and trying to figure out where his hands go when he needs to get his front foot down as a pitcher. I don't want to be thinking about my mechanics or my release point when I'm out there. I just want to be athletic and just play the game in that moment. And then you work on corrections and practice or the next day in the cages. But 
Joe Bear, the last seven games, he is one for 20. I mean, oof. That's rough. <laughs> That's rough. One for 20 and 11 Ks. So I would love to see him run a couple balls out the yard, but just start spraying balls all over and just a lot of hard contact this week where he just barrels a ton of balls up. Even his outs are hard. Even if he goes, uh, let's say he gets 12 at-bats on the weekend, even if he goes uh, four for 12, which would be great, but he has three outs where they're just line drives at people or he hits a couple balls to the warning track, that would be, um, I think that would just be great for his conference, excuse me, confidence moving forward. The last person on the get right list, I just listed the catchers in general. Their hitting has been off and on between McManus and Travinsky. They usually split the weekend. It seems like, I don't know this for a fact, I don't know if um, Hilliard or Money or Dutton, if they prefer to throw to one catcher over the other. You see that sometimes, mainly in the big leagues, but sometimes one catcher may have a greater rapport, a greater relationship with the pitcher, or the pitcher just likes they, the way they receive the ball. And I don't know if that's going on, but in terms of the catchers, I would love to see them pick it up on the offensive side a little bit and on the defensive side. My biggest gripe with them on the defensive side is just the new way these guys are catching, especially with runners on base. They still have one leg kicked out. They still have their butt on the ground. And I just don't think they can block a ball. I mean, you can't tell me you're going to block Razelman's 95 in the dirt. You're not going to block Hilliard's big curveball if he bounces it at 58 feet instead of 60 feet. So I just look for them um, hopefully turning around with regards to wild pitches or pass balls. But the other thing, too, is I think Missouri is going to really put some pressure on the catchers this weekend. Uh, don't be surprised if you see Missouri try and steal three or four times a game. I would. And really put the emphasis on the catchers to catch and throw to try to shut Missouri down. So get right. Morgan, Joe Bear Thompson, and then the catchers. So, all right, now, if that's the get right, who's on the stay right? The stay right's got to be the bullpen still. A little bit of hiccup last weekend, you know, but I, I still have a lot of confidence in the bullpen. I think those guys are still showing a lot of confidence in themselves. You know, one thing is that Mizzou's going to swing the bat. Their starters are, um, the starters are going to have to hang in there, maybe absorb some of the early contact and some of the early pressure that Missouri's going to put on LSU and limit the damage versus them. So I would love to see the bullpen. They continue to stay aggressive in the zone and really execute their put-away pitches. You know, if you have runners on base or you get to 0-2, let's not dilly-dally and screw around and wait till it's 3-2 then to try to put them away. And I think especially with Missouri, they're just going to keep swinging. The stats show they're going to keep swinging. And if they strike out, they strike out. But they're not up there to walk. They're going to take their hacks. So when you get ahead in the count, you have to execute pitches. You can't hang 0-2 curveballs and expect not, not to hurt you this weekend. The other two guys on the stay right list are, I put Cruz and Barry. Now, they've been doing great all year. I mean, they're the catalyst for this offense. They're the run producers. And you just expect them to produce every weekend. But I think this weekend, um, I need to continue, continue to see that trend, especially against Missouri's pitching staff. You know, if they don't produce and don't uh, drive in runs, I think it could be a little suspect. Um, and maybe with a little blip on the radar with the bottom of the lineup. And LSU faced some really good pitchers last weekend. You know, I just want to see Cruz and Barry continue to stay hot, continue to stay consistent. And moving into the second half of the year, and especially starting off on the right foot with this series, I put Cruz and Barry on the stay right list. And lastly, the starting pitching. I mentioned it with the bullpen, but I think 
this is going to be a big pitcher's weekend because I think LSU is going to hit. Missouri's pitchers aren't great. Just look at their stats. They're not good. Everybody hits them, period. So I have no reason not to believe that LSU's hitters won't hit them. I think they're going to hit them, hit them often, and hit them hard. But Missouri's hitters do give me some cause for concern, and I'm going to mention that next in the keys. But the starting pitching has been doing a good job. They compete. They give LSU a chance to win. It feels like they go five or six every outing, and I think they're going to need to continue to do that this weekend because the three keys to the weekend are right here. One is the pitchers, and I put them on there twice. There are two keys. So one is the starters, and the other one, it's the relievers. So from the starters, so listen to this real quick. Missouri scores runs in bunches. They put up a ton of crooked numbers, and we've talked about crooked numbers all year. When you're facing good teams and you're in conference play, you can't just afford to put up one. One's great, but when you have the opportunity to put up more, bases loaded, nobody out. Second and third, nobody out. Second and third, one out. You have to do the little things. You have good at bats to put up more than one run. So listen to this real quick about Missouri. So when you look at the Arkansas series, in the first inning, they scored one against Noland on Friday night. In the second inning, they came back and scored two. LSU got no hit by Noland through six. Also in the Arkansas series, they put up two runs in the first versus Hagen Smith. LSU did not score a run versus Hagen Smith last weekend. In that same game Smith started, Missouri put up four in the seventh. Against USC, throughout the weekend, Missouri scored five, two, three, and four runs in one inning during the weekend. Against Tennessee, the best team in the country. Game one, Missouri scores two in the top of the first, right out the gate. The next day, they score two in the top of the first. Then they score two in the top of the third. This past weekend at home versus Kentucky, in the bottom of the first, they scored three. The next game, they scored three in the bottom of the second. Then they put up a five spot. And then in the last game, they scored eight in the third. Now, I know Kentucky may not be great, but they showed they can hit Arkansas's pitching. They put runs up against Tennessee. They put runs up against South Carolina. In the bottom line, when they score runs, it is in bunches. They don't just settle for one. It's two, three, four, five, hell, even eight. So, the first key to the weekend is the starting pitchers. LSU has to be prepared. When they come out of that bullpen and they start the first, they are locked in and loaded. Now, they might not have all their pitches working, but they need to be ready. They can't just take time to feel their way through the first. Missouri jumps on people and they jump on them early. Now, their pitchers get the lead back up because they're not good. But from a defensive perspective, those defense and on the mound, those guys have got to be ready to go in the first inning Tomorrow night, Thursday night with Hilliard. Because we know they're not going to walk, they're going to strike out, but when they get on base, they hit the ball very well, as evident by their numbers in conference play, and they're going to look to run. So first key, to the start, first key to the weekend for LSU, starting pitchers. Second key to the weekend, relievers. So when they come in, I'm sure there's going to be runners on base, and we know Missouri's going to want to swing. So as I mentioned earlier, when they get two strikes, they have to execute high leverage pitches. And when you get two strikes, you got to bounce a curveball. You got to throw a fastball up in their eyes because they're going to swing. It's evident. But the longer and longer that at bat goes, the greater likelihood of LSU's pitchers making a mistake and the Missouri hitters making them pay. 
And to me, that's the only way Missouri can really give LSU fits is if the pitchers allow multiple innings in the same game where Missouri puts up more than one run. You know, if if it's tomorrow night and, and you look, if I were just to show you the box score and you see Missouri put up two in the second, three in the fifth, and two in the eighth, you may get a little concerned. Now, I mean, LSU could have an 11 spot on the backside of that, but that's just something to look out for. And lastly, the last key to the weekend is hitting. I think LSU is going to hit throughout the lineup this weekend. The stats tell you Missouri doesn't have a great pitching staff. Their pitchers don't strike out a ton of people. They walk a bunch of people. They give up a bunch of home runs in conference play. I mean, this is a perfect perfect scenario for LSU's hitters coming off of Arkansas. So I fully expect to see two games similar to the Sunday Mississippi State game, which LSU absolutely clobbered the Bulldogs, and then the Saturday-Sunday game in Gainesville where LSU's bats got loose against Florida. I would love to see this, and I expect it. I think LSU's just going to have a fight at the bat rack against Missouri's pitching staff. So I would love to see 13-3, 16-2, a couple of those games this weekend. That would be great. So, final part of the show, what's the series prediction? I'm going sweep, baby. I'm going sweep. I think LSU has to win this series at home. It's a must win. You have playing the worst team in the SEC East. You just came off a really, really tough weekend in Fayetteville. And I'm calling for a sweep. So I feel like there would definitely be a slugfest game where LSU may have to win one 11-7, where it's just kind of back and forth, and in the end, LSU's bats are too much. The other thing is LSU cannot burn this pin all weekend. We need to get five or six innings out of each starter. I would love to see them push Dutton beyond four, see if he can give you five or six, much like they did with Floyd. The Tuesday night game against UL Lafayette, I thought he pitched great. And that's what I'd like to see from the, from the starters. If, you're, if we're in a situation where the starters are getting hit hard and they have to go to the pen in the fourth, Thursday and Friday, I don't think it's going to happen, but that just spells trouble because you're going to burn those guys out and who knows who's going to be available for the Saturday game. Also, they need to stay away from the big innings and the crooked numbers that Missouri likes to put up. And then finally... Off of my prediction, I just think LSU is going to hit, hit, hit all weekend. Missouri will continue to swing and put pressure on LSU's defense, but the offense must look to score every inning and put up crooked numbers. So that's what I'm calling, baby. A sweep for the Tigers, the pitchers executing, staying away from the big innings, and the hitters just hitting and hitting and hitting all weekend, just nonstop. And that's what I would love to see. It'd be a great way to start the second half of the SEC series to where, in my opinion, if you go 16 and 14, you're in a really good spot because the West is so jumbled up and Arkansas still has to play almost the entire West. So a lot of those teams are going to lose. And you went uh, seven and eight, so we got to figure out a way to make up two games. And a sweep is just the right prescription. So that's it, guys. Um, I do want to say on Saturday, the 1997 National Championship team is a 25-year reunion. So if anybody is out there Saturday... If anybody listens to this pod out there um, and you are able to find me at the game or see me, please come up and say hello. Please tell me uh, if you like the podcast, if you listen or you've watched the YouTube channel, um, suggestions. You know, I got a comment on the YouTube channel that last episode, the audio was a little low, so I'm trying to make some adjustments on that. But yeah, please come up, shake my hand. We can uh, shoot the shit for a little bit. You know, and just talk about the baseball games and hopefully hopefully talk about LSU going for a sweep on Saturday. And as a reminder, the Saturday game is a noon start. I think that has to do with the LSU spring football game. But yeah, 
25-year reunion of the 97 National Championship team, the greatest offensive team in LSU history. Yes, we had loaded bats. We can discuss that at a later date, but we hit 188 home runs. I didn't hit them, but they hit them. So uh, I was the beneficiary of a lot of run support. But that's it, guys. So that'll do it for this week's LSU vs. Missouri series preview on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod. Please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like, and comment on this video. Make sure to check out the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other audio platforms. Make sure to follow and interact with me on Twitter. The account is at 60FT6INLSUPOD. Y'all stay safe, and I will see y'all after the sweep, hopefully, for the LSU Missouri Review episode. All right, y'all stay safe. Thank you.